This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to episode two of Don't Look Back in Anger, a City Report podcast series where we ask your favourite City fans the questions that matter. I'm Amos and joining me today for a deep dive into his Man City psyche is sports writer and dear friend of the show, Alex Brotherton. It's Wednesday the 9th of January, I'm Amos Murphy. And I'm Alex Brotherton. And this is the City Report podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. I've brought snacks, Alex, um, for this momentous occasion. Now, admittedly, it is the last drubbings from my Christmas selection box. So, um, UK listeners, turn away now. But curly whirly, chocolate buttons and a chomp. Um, First question in this extensive interview, which one are you taking from those three? That's not a hard question. Chocolate buttons. Um, Really? I don't know how you can be eating a chomp and a, and a curly whirly in a at all, but a combi- as a combination, that's just. Um, I hope you don't have any fillings. That's all I'm going to say. I don't um, have any fillings. I don't have any fillings. But as you can hear, it is really, really hard to eat. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that I I've never been a curly whirly fan. Mm. Um, didn't didn't actually get a Cadbury's uh, selection box this year, but that that would be the one that gets left behind, or you know. Offered mm. to someone else if if they wanted a bit of a bit of a snack because it's just not enjoyable in my opinion. But you know, I can if, do uh, curly whirlies. Own. I can do curly whirlies. I don't mind them. I would like like you know they are at the bottom. Final last little drubbings, as I said. Chocolate buttons. I, they escaped my view. They were they usually you know not first choice. Um, not first choice at all. But you know somewhere somewhere in the middle, the mid table. Chomp. It's like eating caramelized tarmac. It is so hard. I think I've just 
I didn't have fillings before, but I think I'll need one. I'm going to leave <laughs> that to the side. Um, whilst I get on with my sugary, uh, sugary treats, let's jump into stuff. This is a newish series. Adam and I have done one before. Sorry, I've interviewed Adam and done one before. He's got sort of three. It was really interesting. If you haven't already, go back and listen to it. Sort of the the trials, tribulations of a city fan living abroad. Alex, you're significantly closer to home, albeit uh, North Manchester for some. It's still seen as the wilderness, but we won't get into that on today's show. Um, no, let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, but um, we'll we'll start with. Um, probably the natural place to start first Manchester City memory that's your first question the buttons are getting opened so uh if you will talk us through your first Man City memory ah first memory um yeah well obviously you know like yourself we're we're still still sort of quite in our, our youth aren't we I'd like, like to think so yeah I'd bloody like to think so yeah it's uh I've, I can't be saying that for too much longer but yeah um <laughs> obviously I've only I've only largely, you know, had the sort of the good times as a City fan. Mm. Um, but I did start following them about, I think it was around 2004. So, you know, I had a good few years of mm. sort of mid-table mediocrity rather than the sort of the doldrums of League of, of League One mm. or anything like that. Um, so my first memory, um, I think my first, I, I, it's, very, it's a bit sketchy, but I think I, my first game was against Crystal Palace at the mm. Etihad in... I think it might have been, it was either 2003, 2004 or the following season. I have very vague memories of it. Uh, and then also I've got the match program at home. Uh, so I don't know nice. if that's kind of me imagining the memories because <laughs> I, I can't yeah. tell you what the final score was, who scored or, any, or, or if anyone scored for that matter because didn't score too often did they City at that time. Mm. Uh, but in uh, apart from that, uh, the Manchester derby, in early 2006 is one of my earliest um, City memories. Uh, City mm. beat United 3-1 that day. That was my first Manchester derby and probably the first match I remember really properly going to. Um, yeah, great introduction. Uh, probably not a very realistic introduction for at the mm. time of, of how City play against United because they played a lot better than they tended to do at the time uh, that day. Uh, Robbie Fowler, I think, got on the score sheet. Trevor Sinclair... Um, there was a Rudan Nistelroy goal in there to kind of uh, mm. put the nerves back in the City fans uh, when United looked like they were going to come back into it. But yeah, that was pretty... You can't really get much of a better introduction, I don't think, to yeah. spot your first live match, to see them beat your sort of hated rivals, play really well. Atmosphere was absolutely rocking uh, at the City of Manchester Stadium, as it was called then. Um, yeah, of course. So yeah, I remember, I think it was probably the third third tier of the East Stand, I think we were in. Um yeah, and it was uh, yeah, it was just a, a just a, a pretty unique um, for like a I guess how old would I have been then about eight seven seven I guess um, mm. just a pretty sort of unique uh, experience and being sort of quite close to the away end just um, you know I don't really remember too much kind of uh, you know anger or like abuse between the two sets of supporters I was probably too naive to understand yeah. what. Uh, <laughs> young and innocent to understand what people are saying but um the, the experience of the away end going absolutely mental when united pulled one goal back that was quite that's a memory that sticks in in my mind but also you know just the sheer elation and the the release of the sort of tension when city did get that third goal uh through robbie fowler so yeah that's my first sort of city memory from definitely from a game anyway uh not mm. a bad one i wouldn't say 
No, I think a lot of listeners would have probably had much worse City memories. Some probably have uh, much better first City memories. But in terms of how you, we all have our own stories of how we sort of fell down the the Man City rabbit hole, so to speak. But um, having known yours personally, it's a, I'd say significantly more interesting than the regular sort of, oh yeah, I grew up a City fan, blah, blah, blah. Talk us through how you were sort of, indoctrinated is that a fair enough word to say um yeah I think basically it was you know at primary school that's sort of for me anyway that was kind of where I I guess discovered football you know other Mm. kids will be into it um and so obviously I think I must have just come home from school or or something like that and you know said to my parents I want to go you know let's go to a match and Mm. uh my dad uh he grew up um, in the East End of London. So when he was younger, he'd been a West Ham fan. Um, but kind of, sort of, as he got older, kind of grow, grew out of it and actually mm. sort of was more of a rugby league fan when he, because he'd lived most of his life. He has lived most of his life in the North. Um, so he wasn't really, you know, if he, if I had mentioned it, I don't know if he would have sort of taken me, but mm. my grandma uh, on my mum's side, she's um, a City fan and has been all her life. Uh, went to like Main Road, like week in, week out. So it was kind of it. She was sort of there saying, "Oh, like, are you interested in football? You know, maybe you should Lobby go and watch in. City." Uh, yeah, just not, not, not too, um, not too, you know, uh, forcing me. But um, my my dad has a has a joke that my grandma locked me in the locked me in the understairs cupboard until I said I'd, <laughs> until I'd, and won't let me out until I said I'd support City, which isn't mm. true, obviously. But um, so yeah, well, basically, allegedly, I, allegedly not true. <laughs> Uh, a combination of that and probably at the time it was a lot easier and a lot cheaper to get tickets at City than it was at Old Trafford um, especially with the United team at at that time and the Mm. success they had in sort of those years that followed Um, so it just sort of made sense for the family connection and just it was easier to get to City um, that my dad took me there Um, and then yeah that was it really and then over the years, he started going with me and actually became a City fan himself because uh, I think we went to, I think City played West Ham in about 2006. Um, mm. I think they won 2-0. I remember Andrew Cole scored in that game. Derives for sell as well, I think. Um, and obviously my dad was still sort of like a West Ham fan, even though he hadn't really followed them closely. He went as a West Ham fan, but he found himself cheering and sort of celebrating when City scored. And then... I think West Ham got one goal, actually. I think it was 2-1, and he just didn't feel anything. Um, mm. Wasn't, like, sort of happy that his team had mm. scored. So from that that point on, me and him would go to the games. We had season tickets for a few years. Um, so, yeah, that, w- that was that, really. Um, kind of a mixture of family and also convenience. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it probably, if it, mm. it was happening now and City were the, were the more successful team um, when it had happened, it might have still happened anyway just because of the family link. But... Um, yeah, that's that's how I became a City fan. Yeah, it could, I, I think it's wildly interesting the fact that, I don't know if this says a lot about your personality, but the fact that United at that time were winning almost literally everything, if not going on to win literally everything. And I, my story is sort of a little bit more mundane in the fact that I my dad was a City fan, he took me to the matches and it sort of spawned from there. And I think most people have that sort of, um, that same sort of upbringing, but yours... The fact that, you know, obviously there was family links, but the fact that there was this mega rich, successful club in the same city and you actually went for the uh, 
at the time, slightly less successful one, is a uh, is uh, is admirable. Young Alex Brotherton, so fair play <laughs> um, for not being swayed by by yeah. peer pressure. Leading on to that, then naturally, uh, I, I guess it would be the best place to sort of now look at what your favourite city memory is in terms of all of the years of success, maybe all of the years of, of not much success, and maybe you are more entitled to those mediocrity, mid-table mediocrity than the, the Premier League titleist. I don't know. So talk us through your your favourite city memory from your, what, 20-odd years of supporting. Um, well, in the, in the sort of, in the interest of making this podcast a bit different from the usual 93 20 because obviously that is just the best moment isn't it yeah um, yeah i'll try and switch it up a bit yeah. i'll try and switch it up a bit and maybe just have it for moments where i was i was there because i wasn't actually at for my sins i wasn't at 93 20 there but, we go um, yeah um I'm, I'm not i am the anti-glory hunter um, I'm, I was, I'm such so much of a hipster. Yeah. I didn't want to be at the biggest yeah, match yeah. in the club's history. He could have been, but he decided uh, <laughs> after choosing City for the for the lack of success, he was going to miss that match. Nah, I went. Um, that I guess that's a side story, but yeah, basically didn't have season tickets at the time when the tickets were on uh, sale for that QPR game. City were like eight points behind United, weren't they? So kind of forgot mm. about it. By the mm. time it looked like the title was back on again, it had sold out. Um, so that was there that. we go. There's but a lesson full, in life. Yeah, I went full Burt instead and, and watched it with, in a in a living room uh, at my mates with some United fans. So that was oh, fun. but that was fun. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, best memory. I'll go keeping on with the alternative uh, football <laughs> hipster lines. Um, the League Cup has given me some absolute just corking memories, like really yeah. good moments. Um, well, there's been enough yeah. of them, let's face it. There's exactly. Been, there's been plenty of examples. Um, honestly, I think just for the, the, the madness of the storyline of how it happened and the fact it was an otherwise, apart from the Champions League run, in, I'm talking about 2015-16, it wasn't a good season. Um, the, the 2016 League Cup final, for me, it was the, the first match or the first big kind of trip anywhere I did by myself. Um, okay. So got the coach down to to London by myself um and then it was just I remember when we pulled into Wembley um seeing the team news come out come out about an hour before the game and obviously everyone was praying that Joe Hart was going to be in there <laughs> uh and it came out that Willie Caballero was starting because he was the kind of cup keeper and it, I just yeah. remember there was a there was audible groans on the coach um <laughs> and then fast forward a couple of hours and um I'm just like cooking strangers next to me because Willie Caballero has just saved three penalties in a row yeah and it's uh and then he's being paraded around the Wembley pitch on Wilfred Bonny's shoulders <laughs> um Yaya Torre is just like trying to kill do you remember Adam the fight? And, yeah do you remember the oh, fight they had yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 not bittersweet but like say it would have been better you know if I'd been with either like my dad or friends or whatever but just the fact that there was something that I gained from it in a way, the, the fact mm. that it was my first kind of solo kind of trip and I really enjoyed mm. it, having been a bit nervous about going down by myself. Um, and just the fact that like it was such a unique moment in the, obviously not in the club's history because it came, we'd already won two Premier Leagues by that point. Mm. No one's going to look back when when a, when the, the, the the alien invaders have conquered Earth in a few thousand years' time. <laughs> no one's going to look back at this this football club called Manchester City and think, "Ah, oh, that was the pinnacle when, when yeah. you won the League Cup." In well, some people might some, <laughs> speak for yourself. Um, but yeah, that for me, that it was just completely bizarre, and I I can't think of. For me, that's one of the great um, 
sort of villain to hero arcs in such a short mm. space of time. Just everyone hated him when the game started, and then by the end he was a hero. And I mm. think he'll always be a sort of a cult hero. Maybe that's a bit yeah. too strong, but for me, yeah. it is anyway. Uh, Willy Caballero. Um, last day of last season as well because I was actually there for that one. And <laughs> there we go. It wasn't there we go. quite as dramatic as ninety three twenty. It probably wasn't that far off. Do you um, not think that, that that's interesting? I think, I think that uh, not. Maybe I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get myself cancelled by saying they're on a par. I think we actually had this conversation with uh, with Adam mm. uh, in the last on the last episode of this series. But I think they're quite sort of, if not on a par, very very close to being in terms of mm. the 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 drama. It's the drama, Mick. I think they were pretty close. Yeah, it, I guess they're a bit different in the sense that the original well ninety three twenty. They both had the element of like City win and they're the champions. Oh look, mm. they've gone and messed it up. But with ninety three twenty, it was kind of more despair because it was typical City. Um, and I feel like most people didn't really think when it got to injury time and they were still losing, it was done, wasn't it? Like mm. City at that time weren't like they didn't have a reputation for making ridiculous comebacks. Um, mm. And then it was just the, the elation. Um, and in, in, in obviously the Aguero yeah. goal and that moment and taking the title from United. And then with this one, obviously, it didn't quite have the last minute drama because it was there was about 10 minutes left after Gundogan yeah. scored the third. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I got I managed to get um, <laughs> managed to find a ticket for that uh, because, yeah, it kind of it was like a little bit of a tick for me because I missed the original mm. most dramatic title win you'll ever see. And if this one isn't the most dramatic you'll ever see, it's probably the second most dramatic we're ever going to see. So I'm, I'm very, yeah. very glad that I managed to make that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that's a fair shout. Like I want it, I want it known. I do not think Aguero's goal against QPR was more dramatic or better or eclipsed the, the last day season. I just think they were both bloody fantastic. I think that's what we can yeah. settle on. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Moving on then from the uh, in, literally in typical city fashion from the highs to the very very low lows. Um, on the back of that, worst city memory. Now, I think there's probably a few for different reasons. I mean, I've got I've got quite a few that are, are still. I think about them every day, Alex. That's where I'm at at this point in, ter- <laughs> in terms of mine. I might I might slip a couple out after you've said yours. But um, what are your what are your worst city memories? Um. But yeah, I mean, obviously I started this episode saying that I wasn't um, like a glory plastic fan. But mm. then one of my worst memories is, in the great scheme of things, it was a Champions League quarterfinal. So you can't be oh, too disappointed. But it, it was, one. it is Spurs. Um, it has to be. Not the whole it game, just the be. final minutes, basically. Oh no, um, the whole game. The whole game. <laughs> the I mean, whole it's game. incredible game of football. It was, it was very... Um, well, Real Madrid was similar last season, wasn't it? Like, just I forgot about that. So thank you for defend. bringing that up. <laughs> City couldn't defend, but from a neutral perspective, can't think of a few more entertaining games if you weren't emotionally invested mm. in it and mm. absolutely bricking it every time the other team got the ball. Um, but yeah, the last few... Well, obviously, yeah. Sterling puts the ball in the net. We think <laughs> we've done it. We've um, we've overcome the Spurs kind of hoodoo. Um, and the, the quarterfinal hoodoo. Yeah, yeah, sorry, time. I forgot, yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously just everyone knows what happened, the the sort of the absolute bedlam celebrations. I never celebrated a goal like so no. just I just completely lost my head. I was there with um I was there with my mate James, uh who obviously you know, friend, friend Big up the James. Show. Um, Big up James. James, James Morrissey. Um 
and yeah, we we'd uh, we'd got. I think we'd yeah we'd met up in Manchester like earlier in the day, and you know had a few had a few pints and that, and then yeah, just that. I think I think I'm pretty sure one of us decked it over the seats in front, which has happened <laughs> on a few occasions. So he'll have to verify that. I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, yeah. And then yeah, we, we literally had cuts and bruises over our legs from just like yeah, just going absolutely mental, just like falling over, hugging random people, scraping our legs mm. on the seats. And then it calms down, everyone's catching their breath. And then one by one, you just sort of notice, oh, this yeah. is VAR on the big screen. Yeah. And then a kind of a hush descended over the stadium. And then obviously it's a, it was like a a never-ending wait to find out the decision. And then it comes up that it's been ruled out and the Spurs mm. fans are just taking the piss and it just the, the, it just felt like the world the bottom of the world has just fallen out yeah it's not to be yeah. so dramatic but like i've never in it my did. life it did um yeah never in my sort of footballing supporting life have i experienced a kind of a more sort of rapid uh descent from like the highest of highs to the lowest of lows because mm-hmm. it was in the space of maybe two minutes three minutes mm, yeah because it was a pretty long var check so from that the moment the ball goes in and everyone's going absolutely <laughs> crazy and the noise was like under anything i've ever heard in in a stadium and then just to like when it's confirmed that it's been ruled out um the yeah the emotional drop was just ridiculous and it's something <laughs> i never want to experience again and then just after the game and walking back to town on uh, like you know through and coats and that and it was just yeah, me and James could barely say a word to each other. Um, <laughs> and then he, he won't mind me saying this, but the worst, it was probably worse for him because he got he got a lift off his mum, I think, uh, in town um, after the game. And when he hopped in the car, apparently his mum, who doesn't really follow football, so she'd seen that City had won 4-3. Oh, and she's like, oh, they won. Must have been a great game. <laughs> and then he had to explain that. Actually, no, it finished 4-4 in aggregate and we've lost yeah. all the way goals. <laughs> Um, how do you yeah. explain away goals to your mum when, yeah. when they're not into football? Yeah. How do you even begin that conversation? No, yeah, I so... think the, the worst part about that one, Alex, is it isn't, well, it is the VAR, but it's the fact at that time, going back to 2019, and it was the season before VAR was introduced in the Premier League, it was so sort of unique and um, it was the first real time. Because I think if I remember rightly, it only been introduced for the knockouts of that Champions League. That was the first time um, in in Europe that it had been used after the 2018 World Cup. I, I think I'm right in saying in that point. I think you're right, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, it was just this like new, new, new emotion, new feeling. And, and I think by now at this point, I, well, me personally, if a goal goes in, my immediate thought is, oh, bloody hell, this could get ruled out. Whereas at mm. that time, we were still conditioned to feel like when a ball hits the back of the net, check the linesman's flag or check the assistant if, referee's yeah. flag. And if it, if that's fine, you're all good, you can go. So we had that celebration, we had that emotion, that feeling, and then, poof, like you say, it just it mm. just uh, exploded. And like and, and, yeah. yeah. And also mad. there was, it wasn't even, obviously the, the days after that, I was just gutted for, for so long, um, even like weeks. But then it was mm. the, the sort of at the start of the next season, the whole the pain all came back again, and there was there was a sort of a feel of injustice because if I remember yeah. correctly, they changed some yeah, of the, they the rules. They so did. basically, had that happened the season after, um, I think the Lorente Fernando scored, Lorente goal yeah, wouldn't have yeah. counted, and 
City gave away a penalty, didn't they? I've forgotten who it was. Was it Laporte handballed it? Probably. Um, Probably. And so Spurs got a penalty and scored. And under the new rules, that wouldn't have been a penalty. Mm. Um, so both. So basically, had it happened the next season, two of Spurs' goals wouldn't have happened. Um, I don't know what where the, where we stand now with the rule, but I know that for the following season, that's what it changed to. But mm. yeah, so it all came back again. It just felt uh, it was such a big injustice. But you know, yeah. And and there was a disallowed goal in literally the second game of the season. I think it was against Spurs. Jesus mm. got a, a goal ruled out. Um, anyway. It's all under the water, isn't it? He says, still thinks about it every day. Um, we'll be back in a moment for part two of Alex Brotherton's Don't Look Back in Anger. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Talking me through his life as a City fan is friend of the show, presenter, co-host, extraordinaire, Alex Brotherton. Um, let's cheer it up a little bit to finish off with now. Two categories left. I'll give you a. I'll give you a decision to make on which one you take first. We've got favorite city kit and we've got favorite all time player. Which one do you want to take first and then leave the other to last? Uh, let's go with the kit. We'll go. With let's the go kit. with the kit. Let's go for them. Um, but are we are we talking sort of? I guess kit of my sort of city what favorite life. Favourite seat kit of all time. It's absolutely oh, I mean, up to you. If you want to narrow it down, to, I tell you what, do both. There you go. I think go. if I was to... Yeah, I'll... Uh, I think if it was just all time, I'd go probably... I mean, this probably ties into my kind of, you know, sort of culture and musical tastes and being mm. from Manchester, but I really do like those, uh, you know, the famous... Um, shoot that City and brother and uh, yeah. the, the Gallagher brothers did yeah. um, outside. Like, I think Kevin Cummins might have done it. Uh, well, I, I think he did. If, if it was someone else, I apologise. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it was, was it the away shirt? Like, it's kind of white with, with like kind of pinstripes. a few pinstripes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it might have been 93, 94, maybe. Um, but there was, you know, all the kits around them were just incredible, weren't they? Um, mm, yeah. Or a lot of them anyway. Um, but in terms of while I've sort of been a fan or, or you know, even alive, because I wasn't alive at that point, <laughs> um, I am quite a fan of kits that have sashes in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know if it's done wrong, like Spurs have done quite a lot. Um, sorry to mention Spurs again, but yeah. I know, it can be God a bit, almighty, the PTSD. Can be, they can be a bit seat belty, can't they? Um, yeah, yeah. But I think the uh, when City, because I think they had one in around two thousand and two, two thousand and three, where it was a white shirt with a red and black diagonal sash, um, and it was the first advice um, mm. sponsor. I think it was like a Lecoq Sportif shirt. Yeah, you're basically right. they. I, I don't remember that one too much. So when they brought that design back under Umbro in 2009-10 as the third shirt, well, I think they had it for two seasons, actually, where it was all white and it was just... Um, I don't think there was actually... There wasn't a large Etihad sponsor. It was on one chest on mm. sort of... Oh, on the left, sort of over your, your left side, there was this club badge, obviously. And then I think they had a very small kind of Etihad Airways, just really written really small on the other... Um, other side of the chest um so which just left a really clean design with just this red and black sash um and i think that the maybe the umbro logo was in was kind of a goldy yellow color and i just thought that was such a nice kit um i don't don't own it uh didn't get it at the time stupidly i imagine it's worth quite a lot of money now um 
but yeah, and obviously I think it was in that kit that we we got that win at Chelsea, wasn't it? In twenty ten, yeah, was yeah. it? Two thousand and nine, yeah. maybe. Um, which was quite obviously City, you know, had come into a come into a bit of money. They'd found a bit of money down the back of the, the couch by that point. <laughs> um but it was still like, you know, we had like Tevez, we'd gone out and bought Nigel De Jong and, you know, Gareth Barry, I think, had arrived. Mm. Um and you know, it was and a big had, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like it was they, City weren't quite at the level of winning the league, but they were they were pushing for Champions League or at least fifth place um they'd signed these players that were obviously the next step in getting to where they wanted to be but they weren't like you know they weren't apart from Tevez uh, and Gareth Barry they weren't really and De Jong they weren't going to be um the sort mm. of the superstars or the 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 top sort of top of the yeah. of the crop kind of thing um but it was just a really big win and it felt like to go away to Chelsea somewhere where City had a horrendous record um and haven't always been great there in recent years even. I mean, obviously they have, but not not every year. It's still a difficult place to go. Um, and to do that then in such sort of convincing fashion to, to win 4-2 um, was just really good. So, yeah, I, I associate that kit with that match. Um, couldn't tell you another match they ever played in it, but that one <laughs> is... Uh, well, is I'm, not, I'm not too sure they did. I think there was maybe one at Everton. But the thing is, they, they, they ran that kit for two seasons. Um, yeah. the, 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 That's a niche in, in itself, seasons. really. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. I think it, it, it stuck around for a bit longer than the others. The Umbro had a habit of doing that. Um, they'd move the away kit to the, the third kit slot the next season in the in the good old days when there wasn't 70 in a kits every year. Um, but, but yeah, it, mention it's, for, it's a sorry, classic, honorable. Honorable mention for another kind of a sash, but he, the the third kit in twenty thirteen fourteen, the night one with the oh um, the uh, sky the, blue yeah what would obsidian. you call that like uh, obsidian uh, I think oh the uh, color, uh, right, yeah the yeah it's kind of a, a just a vertical sort of two vertical stripe, wasn't yeah, it? yeah yeah um, yeah nice, I, I nice have I do have that shirt and it's it's very nice and it's you know good memories from the buying buying away win. Uh, which obviously is bittersweet because if they scored one more goal, they would have won the group. <laughs> and they didn't know uh, about it. And they didn't know about it. They was, didn't know about it. It was uh, away, Liverpool away in 96 all over again. Um, yeah. Not knowing yeah. what you had to, to score another. But yeah, it was a great win. And for City to win away at Bayern Munich, that was another kind of... Watershed. Maybe, yeah. Because I, I, yeah, obviously the season, two seasons before that, they, they'd gone and had the whole Tevez not coming off the bench kind of thing. And, mm. Yeah, to go and beat Guardiola's... Uh, by and away was was pretty was pretty special. It was um, and a good performance as well, having been two 0 down and then winning three two. So yeah, honourable mention for that one. A Pep Guardiola team crumbling in the Champions League. I've never heard that before. Um, oh god, I'm going to get cancelled twice. Um, <laughs> right, okay, let's wrap it up then. Finally, my favourite question from these sort of things because I think everyone has. Most people have. I don't know. I don't even. I don't even know your answer. I'm just uh, being presumptuous. But people have similar answers whilst having different reasons and i really enjoy listening and finding out as to as to what those reasons are so um to fi- uh, to finish up then um your favorite manchester city player of all time um i mean it's it feels like you have it, to think about it a little bit well yeah because i mean if i was gonna i'll, I'll the, the real answer and favourite is is David. Oh, that's Taylor. what we'd like. Um, <laughs> that's what we. That's what we'd like. I don't want any fake stuff. It's, it's got to be Nalito. Yeah. I, think... I don't want any of them. <laughs> well, you've said Kiki Masampa. Uh, I didn't oh, quite God. like him in that one oh, season. God. He was at City. Um, yeah, I think it's it's got to be David Silva just yeah. for the 
yeah, the kind of the standard. You know, I think I think you won't find a City fan that doesn't have him in at least their top two City players ever, just mm. because he's. Just, I think now as well, recent years there seems he's, there seems to be a lot of debates on social media about whether if he actually makes it into the Premier League greats, and it seems to only, only be City fans that truly appreciate mm. how good he was because you know he, he he was never top of the assist charts or no. never you know he wasn't scoring twenty goals a season, but to see him play live and the first I think he was like of the sort of new era of City, he was the first sort of player they got where you were like this guy is world class. Mm. Um, not just in terms of scoring lots of goals, uh, but like just his his touch. And never seen someone have that contr- have such a mastery of the ball before, mm. or be so reliable and you know wiggle out of spaces that just weren't didn't even seem there was a space to wiggle out of, and you know just incredible, really. Um, but then to maybe to go a bit left field, I guess obviously the first sort of five six years of me being a City fan uh, when things weren't quite so amazing. Um, you know, I was I was a I was a big Stephen Island fan. I must say, uh, oh, because I think he was in that sort of you know two thousand and two thousand seven eight under Sven was a fairly decent season. You know, be, be United twice actually, actually played good football following the Stuart Pearce uh, disaster of two thousand six seven, where City scored what was it nine goals at home all season. Mm. Um, so to then suddenly play pretty good football actually push for Europe um or at least like I think we I think we snuck in on fair play or something like that um, yeah but yeah Stephen Ireland that season and the following season under Mark Hughes um he was just like a player of real quality that was I think technically a level above maybe not above Robinho when he came but you know <laughs> certainly the season before he was like he was he was very good um and i remember like michael johnson when he was like going to be the next big thing and obviously yeah. we know how how sort of sadly that that panned out but i was at that game uh i think it was against derby county derby county seven where he Rocket. waltzed through waltzed through a few tackles and then rocketed it in and that was when everyone made the premature um sort of Colin Bell comparisons. Um <laughs> so he was one and and yeah Sean Wright Phillips as well. Oh classic. Up. Obviously he was I was gutted when he left for Chelsea and then absolutely delighted when he came back mm. a couple of years later. So uh so he's got to be up there. And I think Joe Hart as well. I was very in recent years I've I've maybe become not any less attached to City but less emotionally attached where Unless it's a big trauma like the Spurs game, yeah, it's not a city loss isn't going to ruin my week or anything. But when Hart left, and obviously Guardiola sort of throws him out, and things didn't exactly go well in that first Guardiola season, I was a bit miffed for quite a while. Mm. Um, but you know, as we've seen with how Joe Hart's sort of his career's gone after that, and how City have done with Edison, it was obviously the right call. But um, mm. you know, he was one of my favourites, and. Even like obviously they wouldn't have won the league without him, and then mm. even in the the sort of Pellegrini years after the title win, where it was pretty dire, Hart was by and large still pretty reliable and pulled off some worldly saves. So he's got to be up there as well. Yeah, well, I, I asked for an all-time favorite player. I think you're giving us a five-side <laughs> team, um, which is not a bad one, though. It's That's not, not a, a bad, bad five. Attack. It's a well-balanced one as well. Oh, so so fair play, Joe Hart, uh, Joe Hart, Michael Johnson, Wright Phillips. Yeah. Uh, Kicking me, Sampa can go in there as well. Um, maybe, think, maybe. Yeah, think it. I think it'd give a few lads down the Armitage Centre a game on a Thursday night. Um, <laughs> right, okay. We'll call it a day, Alex. Thank you very much for that insight. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I also thoroughly enjoyed all my chocolates, which have now disappeared. I don't know where they. 
I'm glad. I'm glad that you didn't. Uh, that you didn't lose any teeth during the podcast. Or it might I know. Bit of a uh, occupational one. hazard, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd have to have ended up interviewing myself at some point, <laughs> wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully not. Um, okay, that'll do. Uh, if you want to hear more of this, if you want to, if you want to hear people, us interview people, tag them. Let us know your favourite city fans that you want to hear us chat to. That'll be really fun. Um, and until next time, then I've been Amos Murphy. I've been joined by Alex Brotherton, and we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 